What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Podcast Revived, episode number 29. I am your host, as always, Shane Craig, and joining me is the lovely Jesse Craig. Hello. I think we have a pretty good, pretty good episode for you guys this morning. We're going to kind of deep dive into some topics about the Surface Duo inspired by a uh, somewhat brief back and forth on Reddit with uh, Windows Central's Daniel Rubino, which um, didn't necessarily present me with any new information, but I think maybe just put some context in my head, um, a certain, uh, just a, there's lots of questions people have about Surface Duo, I guess, and that conversation um, maybe reminded me that there are answers to these questions and that maybe it's time that someone talks about these questions and presents them in a particular in a particular manner and kind of answers them so we're gonna we're gonna kind of do that here and then uh depending on you know how much time we have what we're gonna try and dive in a little bit to the lg situation as well um i I in particular want to get jesse's feelings on this because (laughs) lg is a brand that is near and dear to her heart so i'd like to know kind of how she's feeling about the the sad uh it seems to be pretty well confirmed at this point that lg is is selling off their phone division so kind of a bummer so i kind of wanted to get your your thoughts on that on that uh that situation down the line as well but let's start with the surface duo related stuff so basically how this got started was on a reddit post where someone basically posted and said, you know, hey, I'm I just sold my Surface Duo for seven hundred dollars, which, by the way, is pretty big bummer because they, you know, mm-hmm. they probably spent thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars on it and then sold it for half that, you know, just a few months later. And they basically were saying, like, you know, it's too buggy for me. It doesn't fulfill the role of a, of a that a smart a normal smartphone fulfills for me, and so I decided to to get rid of the thing. And then someone commented down on the, uh, later down on there, they said something like, well, you know, maybe it's best to think about Duo less as a smartphone replacement, more Mm -hmm. more of a portable surface device. This person responded back to that and said, hey, that seems like an easy cop out. When someone says it's too glitchy as a phone, Panos Panay, Bill Gates, can say it's not supposed to be a phone okay daniel rubino responded to that and said seems like you were in the you know quoting the seems like an easy cop-out i'm just going to put this on the screen so you guys can just kind of see it he said it's not a cop-out it's the literal history of the hardware you can't change that and it's actually missing a ton of quote-unquote phone features like nfc chi which is wireless charging and dual cameras because it was originally built like a pocket pc the concept goes back to 2014 internally at microsoft under the name surface pocket they were even considering using intel to power and it would act as a desktop pc when needed like um, continuum so you would plug it in and it would transform into a desktop environment moreover it is dated hardware as it was supposed to ship in 2018 2019 um, Duo version 2, which is codenamed Zeta, is built on newer hardware that addresses many of the obvious shortcomings of the version 1. Will it be good or better? Who knows? But that is the reality of the product. The next version, which is not up for debate. So, you know, that's been like the biggest complaint about Duo from day one. Is the is mm-hmm. that, you know, oh, it's using a Snapdragon 855, which is old. You know, the camera isn't great. 
um, doesn't have wireless charging, doesn't have NFC. And it was, it, it, that's been confusing, I think, for a lot of people because they're like, well, those are, those are, you know, common phone features now. How can you ship a device like this and not have those features? Well, you have to explore the history of this device. And I, I, there's an article on protocol, which I will link to in the, in the description, which is a tremendous article because it, it goes through the history of Surface Duo which is actually a fascinating history. It's actually one of the more interesting, like whether you love Duo or hate it, it is a passion project in particular for Panos Panay. And the fact that this thing exists and that we, that we have one, um, flaws and all, is kind of incredible because it, it should have died many times over. And the passion that people like Panay had for it kept it alive until it eventually came out. And so when you, when you go back, to the beginning, Daniel Rubino is 100% correct at shocking no one that he knows what he's talking about when it comes to <laughs> Windows devices. But this this was the, I mean, we you know, here's my Surface Pro 7. You know, we've got plenty of Surface devices, my Surface headphones to go with my Surface Duo. Um, not a Surface fanboy, though, I promise. Um, <laughs> no one's that, gonna believe you when you no, say that. <laughs> no one's gonna believe me. No one will believe me. I. I, I go back a year and a half ago and I didn't know any of these things. Just just yeah. so just so just to remind you guys again. You know, we've we've all heard the rumors of the window Microsoft courier concept. So this dual screen concept that's gone back a freaking decade or more, which is hilarious that they've like, what if it was a dual screen like like a I mean you literally think about like a notebook you take notes in and then just make it screens and that's that was the courier concept. So they were iterating on this and, and, and experimenting with this for years because someone at Microsoft thought this was an interesting concept. And I agree, it is an interesting concept. It's a really good concept. And basically what, you know, they, they wanted this thing to be a full Windows device. And, you know, I've had lots of you guys um, watching or listening talk about, you know, man, I wish Surface Duo was running Windows or running Windows 10X. To the early days of when they're experimenting with this concept, Surface Duo, or whatever it was going to be called before that, the courier concept, it seems like their goal was for it to run Windows, for it to be a true Surface device. Now, whether that was full Windows, a stripped-down version of Windows, I've seen both. Rubino here indicates that, you know, that it was intended to be full Windows 10, and then... You know, he says the need for Andromeda became apparent as Intel couldn't make a chip to do what Microsoft wanted. So basically, they wanted to make this thing a Windows computer, but then they were like, you know, look, however they were going to design this thing, if it was going to be anything similar to this, it just became apparent to Microsoft that full fat Windows was just never going to happen on something right. on something like this. You, you just weren't going to run Windows on this. X86 in particular, I mean, look... This thing here runs a Core i5, and it gets hot as balls if you try and do anything in it. And it's many times thicker than the Duo and bigger. You know, like, it just it just wasn't going to work. So pretty late in the day, you know, people talk about, like, why is, you know, Duo missing all these quality-of-life features that so many other Android phones have? Why is it buggy? You know, why are there these problems? Well, you know, pretty late in the game... 
they decided to switch to Android out of necessity because it became mm-hmm. it became relevant to them that they just weren't going to be able to make this thing running Windows. It just wasn't going to work. And, you know, Windows 10X is cool, but Windows 10X is not going to be on the Duo because it doesn't even have support for, like, phone calls and text messages. Like, it doesn't have that support built into the OS. It's not meant for that. Mm-hmm. So... In that process, they're making a mobile surface device, and they came to realize that the hardware and the software did not match the vision of the concept that they wanted to create, and that forced them to scrap it and to look at the landscape and say, what could we, how, how do we make this thing exist? And they realized that an ARM processor and Android was the only way to do it. There was no other option. You're not going to run Windows on this thing. I'm sorry. You're just not. It would suck. It would be unbelievably slow because you would have to downclock whatever processor you're putting in it to, to keep heat down to a ridiculous level. Not to mention the battery life would suck. It, it, just, it, it would be a terrible experience. It would be, it would be <laughs> terrible. So Android was it. And that happened late. And I would really encourage everybody, again, to read this article from Protocol because they talk about how basically some of the guys at Microsoft, I believe it was Panos Panay, had a meeting with Lockheimer at Google and they they basically kind of snuck Duo, a pitch for Duo, into a meeting about something else. They were like having their meeting. And then Panay's like, hey, well, I've got you here, though. Can we, I've, got this, uh, I've got this thing I've been ruminating about. And pitch this to him. And this is, I think, where things get really interesting. Because this happened so late in, in, in the development that they decided, you know, to really go all in on Android. Mm-hmm. And, you know, initially the pitch was, was basically like, you know, what do you think about running Android on this? And the response that Google gave, and I'm going to picture and picture this as well, was that, you know, Lockheimer, it says, but Lockheimer didn't just say, yes, Google's in, let's go build a phone together. Um, you know, they, they, they basically, this became at that point a collaborative thing between Microsoft and Google. And in fact, you know, a lot of the things being done to Android on the Duo to support dual screens. That's actually just in Android 11. It's just built into the base of Android now. And it's been a collaborative effort. Which, by the way, is amazing. (laughs) Yeah, it's really cool that Microsoft, you know, Panos Panay can be like, I want to build this dual screen device. What do you think about this Google? We want to run Android on it because we think it's the only way to go. And for mm-hmm. Google to be like, yeah, we dig it. We're in. Yeah. And anything you come up with that makes Duo better, we're going to roll it into Android so that anybody else that wants to make a dual screen device won't have to do the work that you're doing. How awesome is that? That's just. It's yeah, it's really cool. <sighs> they didn't have to do that. That didn't have to be a thing. No, absolutely. So, you know. My response to sort of what Rubino said there, I said, it sounds like an audible was called at the line of scrimmage um, as far as going to Android. He responded and said, you know, in regards to Android, they're all in on it. They bought a company called Movial who did the contracted work on Duo so it can be in-house and under Microsoft leader directly. 
they have a roadmap for Duo. It's easy to think of it as a one-off experiment, but it's really not. Microsoft doesn't cancel Surface products often. The last one was Mini, and that was before it released due to Windows 8 getting axed and Surface RT for the same reason. So in the days leading up to release, Microsoft, because this switch was made so late, they didn't have people in Microsoft working on Android in that way. So they were literally contracting out the, the work to a company called Movial, and in those late days, they bought the, they, they basically bought them that portion of them out so that now they're in-house. So they, as part of their push to really make Android the focus, they brought in Android developers to be like, okay, look, we're, look, we're doing this. So, you know, the idea that they, they threw Surface Duo out here and it just is buggy and they just haven't really put any effort forth. It's like, oh, well, you know, Microsoft's just half-assing it. That's not the full story. The full story is that they had many visions along the way that didn't work. We wanted to do this, but that was impossible. So then we had to do this other thing. And that happened on multiple occasions and multiple facets until we arrived at this device. Mm -hmm. And it's really important to keep in mind that Microsoft is not thinking about Surface Duo in terms of a year, two years. This is a long-term thing. This is speculation on my part, but the limited release, so it's only out in a few countries, it's, it's spreading a little bit wider now, but it's you know been out only in a few countries. There was an initial push in terms of commercials, advertisements, but that's pretty much stopped. I think that what they're doing is I think that they're purposefully limiting exposure of Surface Duo to the hardcore only because I think what they're I think that hmm. they know, they know they know where it's at they know they know they're not stupid and I think that they know that if they pushed it out and put all the limelight on it and said Surface Duo we're it's good we're done people would have been like people would have looked at it dismissed it and then when Zeta comes out they would just ignore it because they'd be like, well, mm -hmm. I remember Surface Duo and this is the, this is the new one and that sucked, so we're not going to buy it mm -hmm. either. So I think that, you know, can we call it a beta test? Because that's kind of, I mean, that's kind of what mm -hmm. it is. They're, they've, they've put it out here because they're proud enough of it, but it, the reality is is that this this hardware, this device, is very early. This, mm -hmm. like, when, when Panos Panay talks about this camera, he would talk about it like it was a webcam because mm -hmm. it because you know what it's a webcam <laughs> that was the point this was meant to be a pda a portable surface not a smartphone it's a webcam you know stop thinking about it like it's supposed to compete with the pixel mm -hmm. because we don't look at the surface pro 7 and go well the camera is pretty good but if you compare it to a, a pixel or a samsung phone yeah, you wouldn't do that you wouldn't, you do, wouldn't that. do that because that's not what it's supposed to be. They so. decided that this thing would compete with those things so late in the game that it, mm -hmm. it, it just wasn't feasible to go rework this hardware. When you know that they probably already, here's the thing, you decide that late in the game. You got two options. You can put Android on the hardware you have and ship it. And then concur as you're wrapping up Duo, you're working on Zeta and you were like, with Zeta, you've already realized in development that it, this is going to need to be a smartphone competitor. So you're fixing Zeta to, to, to be the smartphone competitor that Duo was never going to be. 
So right. you're not going to delay Duo and turn Duo into Zeta. You're going to release Duo and then make Zeta. But then you have to decide, what do you do with Duo? Do, do you just kind of go, well, look, guys, we've talked about this for, we announced it over, to what, two years ago or something? We know some of, us, some of you guys are excited about it. Here's Duo. But you're not going to then say, here's Duo. We know it's not really like a phone, but we're working on Zeta because then, you know, it's weird. So just be aware, Duo is what Duo is. The complaints you have about it, missing Chi, missing mm -hmm. NFC, having a webcam for a camera. We get it. There's totally. a reason for it, though. But that's why and that this, happened. Right. This article is illuminating and people need to they need to understand that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, there's questions that it's fair to have. If the stuff Microsoft is doing with Duo is being folded into Android 11, why don't we have Android 11? <laughs> That's a fair question, and I don't have the answer for that. Hopefully, it's coming soon. But another thing, you know, in the deeper Android um, kind of world there, if I go, you know, Microsoft has stated, okay, like with um, OnePlus, Samsung, pick a phone developer. Everyone takes Android, and then they build off of it. They create what's called a fork. They fork Android into their own shit. MIUI, Oxygen OS, One UI, on and on and on. Microsoft, in part of its collaborative effort, they're not forking Android. They're just taking Android and they're just adding some dual screen tweaks to it. They're leaving it mm -hmm. really, really basic. Like when you use a Surface Duo, you're getting pretty much vanilla Android. Like it's as... Other than the fact that it's running on two screens, it's vanilla as fuck to almost to a fault to me. Like I'm super irritated with how vanilla it is sometimes because like you take a screenshot of it in phone mode and you, you get the screen you're on and then a blank screen, it's still <laughs> capturing Like why would it, you know, and you get yeah. the, you get the default Android screenshot app. You don't get annotation. Like in my OnePlus phone, you get, there's an annotate annotation app. You know, you don't have any pin features. If you pair your pin to the Duo, the buttons don't do anything. Like, mm -hmm. it's it's vanilla as fuck. But I think that that is part of the collaborative effort where I think that they're so focused on just, let's just get Android working really well on dual screen. And then we'll talk about, we'll add features later. Rubino does kind of lean into that a bit as well. You know, he's saying Microsoft is seeing this as a few years out before it's fully baked. Maybe that's not what you guys want to hear, but that's the situation because again, Android came into the story really late. You know, Patrick Mahomes walked up to the line of scrimmage and they were going to run the jet sweep on the left side, but hey, it turns out they're blitzing on the left side. That wasn't going to work. The hardware wasn't going to be there. So he called an audible, and now he's running a fucking wheel route from Tyreek Hill to the end zone. And it takes time for that play to develop. You know, it's going to take a minute. So I think that stuff is really important. Something he also mentioned here, which I'd, I've seen rumors of it. It's cool to see that at least the rumors are still there enough for him to mention. There are mm -hmm. rumors that Google might be making a device called Passport, which they're, they're at least experimenting with either a dual screen or a foldable device. Oh, wow. So 
I get real excited to think about a pixel foldable or a pixel Dude, dual screen fun. device because that could be fucking badass. Yeah. So, you know, I, I guess the overall thesis here, the point, the point to my thesis is that there are a lot of problems with Duo, but I think context is really, really important. And I think that it's really easy to overlook how difficult it is to run Android on two screens. It was never, mm -hmm. never designed to do this. There are so many things that happen. Let me see if I can like demonstrate exactly what I kind of what I mean. Like when you in certain apps, I may not be able to find one that behaves this way. Maybe I can. In certain apps, if you open up your, your keyboard, yeah, I'm not finding an app that behaves this way. But basically, when you open a keyboard on one screen, you know, the app on the other screen will, will shift up, leaving a blank space at the bottom. Like it's trying to accommodate the keyboard space, even though the keyboard's on the mm -hmm. other screen. It's because Android doesn't. It doesn't natively understand that this app's on another screen because Android's like, another screen? What the fuck are you talking about? Mm -hmm. There's only the screen, so I need to shift <laughs> up because the keyboard's on the screen. Like, you, you have to go, you really have to go in and really rework this thing at a deep level to make it function in, in the way that they're trying. So this is going to take some time, you know, this is not me excusing Duo for all you know the problems that it has. It's just context. It's mm -hmm. just important to to think about these things. So, like I said, I, I will link that article from Protocol. It's long, um, but it really. I mean, it it tells you the whole story, starting with, um, you know, the the initial meeting where Lockheimer comes to to Redmond, Washington. In twenty in the summer of twenty nineteen, mind you. I mean that's the thing came out in September of twenty twenty. So we're talking about a year and a half. You know, like can we <laughs> so you know just just some just some context in, in regards to that stuff. I'd love to know what you guys think about all this and kind of you know the idea that Duo was meant to be a portable a PDA essentially, a portable surface PDA type thing did at the last moment changed into an Android device, which meant that in inherently it would be compared to all the other Android devices and other smartphones, even though the hardware was never intended to be that. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd love to know kind of the take on that and, and what you guys think about it. And, and maybe, if you, maybe if you think about it in those terms, it's, it's easier to excuse some of the things. Like it's not meant to be a pixel, you know? So let me know what you guys think about that down in the comments. And if you read that article, tell me what you thought of it. Because I I've I might have read it twice at this point because it's just such a cool story. It's just such an interesting story. And then the, there's another article at The Verge, which I'll link as well, which is basically it's from September the 9th, which is the day before it release, how Microsoft built its folding Android phone. And it, it kind of attacks it from a slightly different angle. And it's 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 an interview with Panay, also really good. Um, really interesting stuff. So let's switch gears now, and I'm going to let Jesse talk a little bit more on this story, I promise. Um, <laughs> so this is an article from GSM Arena. It reads, LG Electronics have been making headlines with reports that the company plans to exit the smartphone business. The latest development involves a Vietnamese conglomerate 
which is reportedly in talks to, excuse me, in talks of buying the smartphone business from LG Electronics. According to Business Korea, Vietnam's Vin Group company, Vin Group Co., rather, has put the most attractive offer to buy the LG's smartphone business. The company accounts for 14% of market capitalization of, li of listed Vietnamese companies, so they're a pretty big deal. It has a diverse portfolio of businesses, blarty, blarty, blar. Um, Do they have a pretty big base like over here, or is it mostly over there? In Vietnam, essentially, but you would have to think if they did buy this out, you would think that you would still try to maintain some some sort of a global uh, global presence. Um, so. And they go on to say, according to the report, Vin, Vin Group Co. is interested in taking over LG smartphone business in the, in the U.S., and an acquisition would push Vin Group Co. to a global presence. So okay. let's just talk for a minute about, you know, when you think about the idea of LG not being LG anymore, you know, like let's let's take for a moment the idea of them being bought out and someone trying to continue their work because we don't know what that means. Yeah. These guys could buy them out and say, look, our bread and butter is going to be straight talk, straight talk phones. We're going to make $150 oh phones with LG on the back of them. And that's going to be what we're going to do. Rollable. Well, we're not going to update. Look, LG wing is dead. Rollable's dead. They could do that. They could just say, that's not our focus. We think we can best leverage that brand name as a cheap phone maker. Or well then they could go the other direction and say, no, we're, we're doubling down. We're gonna, we don't know that. We don't know what yeah. they're going to do potentially. So when you think of the idea of LG just not doing what they're doing currently, what, what comes to mind for you? I mean, I'm really bummed out. Um, I think LG really, uh, they produce a lot of, a lot of my favorite phones. Um, which ironically, one of them was a straight talk phone. Uh, I had the one that slid up, you know, and mm -hmm. had the keyboard on it. Yeah. It was a knockoff to some other phone, but, um, the G5, LG G5, that was my favorite phone that I had. I mean, I think for me, I was never really into tech, mostly because I was poor and I was like, well, it doesn't matter because I can't afford anything. So... I'm not going to be passionate about this. And I was using little cheap straight talk phones. We got together. Um, you put me on your line and I finally got to pick out like an actual smartphone. And we got the LG G5. And although we never used like the module things, mm -hmm. it was just a game changer for me. Like I finally had like a phone with a good screen, a good camera had a wide angle camera which I yeah. really loved which by the way important to mention in those days now every phone has a wide angle yeah. lens on it back then that was not common nobody was doing that and for me mm -hmm. I was like look at this and you hit wide angle and it goes bloop and you're like this is oh, fucking yeah. incredible it was amazing yeah and then like all of my photos were always in the widescreen uh yeah. layout yeah that phone to me was also I want to say that that phone was actually pretty durable too, because I'm I'm pretty bad with like dropping phones and scratching the screens and stuff. I dropped that phone like so many times. It did hold up pretty well. It held up very well, and I loved the design of it. Like I was just really, I'm still passionate about that phone. I still, when I think about all the phones I've ever had, like I love this phone right here. Like I I loved my Pixels. I love my Pixel Three. Um, 
I loved my Xiaomi phone. That was it Xiaomi? Yeah, it was Xiaomi. Yeah. I loved that phone too. But the G5 to me is near and dear to my heart. And I really did like the dual screen one too that or the one with the dual screen case. Yeah. It wasn't for me, but that was a really fun experience to to try that out and it was yeah. beautiful. So but I'm bummed I, out because I can still hear you vamp for a second. Okay. Okay. Um I always want to know what LG is up to because they're very innovative. They're creative. And it, it it's always the weirdest things. Like the wing, that thing, it, like, I don't think that many people are going to ever use that. But, like, I still want to see what happens with it. Yeah. You know? And the yeah. rollable was fucking awesome. And speaking of the rollable, there are rumors now that we, we don't, this thing may never see the light of day. It may never come out. Yeah. So... That's it's a bummer. Just, it, it's really a bummer because they did a lot with the technology that we had, but now the technology that we have right now, I mean, there's so much they could do. <laughs> so this yep. is one of my all-time favorite phones. This was my LG V30 with a D-brand mm -hmm. skin on it, a Pearl or whatever whatever the fuck it was called, I forget, with this D-brand skin on it, marble. Um it's fairly old, but I mean, you can kind of see without me turning it on the yeah. chin and the forehead, quite small. Uh, the camera at the time was great. Um, it, it, this this phone was awesome. Such a good mm -hmm. phone. The screen was gorgeous. The, you know, everything about it was just was just really just a really solid phone. Had a, yeah. a, a hi-fi quad DAC in it, so your audio quality was outstanding back when I still used, like, wired headphones. Mm -hmm. um, just a really solid phone. They, they've, they've, they, you know, like, and it had a pro mode in the camera that you could do a lot of cool stuff with. Like, I feel like yeah, LG... Yeah, that one did have a really in-depth camera. That's actually one of the reasons I didn't... Because I, I used that phone for a while mm -hmm. after my Pixel 2 XL. Yep. I think we traded phones. Yep. And that camera was like, like it was, it was very complicated. So yeah, it was, the, it was, yeah. the V series was always kind of targeting like the pro, like the G series was like your normal phone and your V series was like, this is for like the, mm -hmm. the techie people, which was, which yeah. was always cool. <laughs> yeah. Which is funny because that's, that's exactly what happened is I loved the G series yeah. phones, but I didn't care for the V series. I, you know, look, I'm, we're already seeing the LG wing drop in price. You know, it's down to like six yeah. something, 600 something dollars, which is hilarious. The thing, I mean, look, a lot of people, you know, thought it was a cool, it's a cool idea for a phone. It's weird for mm -hmm. sure. But I mean, there's some neat stuff going on there. I mean, it's, it's a second screen down there mm -hmm. and it's just, I guess for me, it's, it's just a shame that like, you know, I, and I've said this already, but like, I get that a lot of people are like, well, you know, throwing everything at the wall just isn't, you know, necessarily profitable. R&D is expensive, you know, whatever, you know, I get that. I get that it's not profitable, but man, I feel like phones are just starting to get kind of fun again. Yeah. To some like degree. They're, yeah, definitely. And like I said, like with the technology we have now, I mean, really, like the sky is the limit. Like we can do so much. So, so losing somebody as innovative and creative as LG in the smartphone market, like that fucking hurts. Yeah, it's so. super, it's super unfortunate in that regard. And and I I think that it's you really shouldn't 
underestimate that because even if you didn't ever buy an LG phone, you still benefit to some degree to LG being there, being weird mm-hmm. and and just making weird stuff. I mean, yeah. like you, you 100% did benefit from that in, in some way. Just because they're there pushing things. They're there, you know, kind of just trying everything. It's like I used the example the other day of like, you know, a lot of the stuff that was in the Palm Pre, which was a failure, is now in other phones. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, want, you want somebody out there breaking the mold and being innovative and trying things. And I just think that more choice is better, too, just from a strictly consumer perspective, a company that's been doing this for so long, exiting that's never good for the consumer. No. Cuz it, it, it now your 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 choice is now slightly more limited than it was before. Mhm. So I I'm I'm really hoping that whoever takes over I hope that they treasure LG as much as we do and I hope that they don't plan on ending ending their legacy. Yeah. So. I, ho- I mean, I, I hope not. I think that the big question for me is is just, you know, the brand obviously still has some cachet. You know, someone will someone will do this. But then, you know, is this going to be a situation similar to, you know, TCL making phones that say BlackBerry on them? You know, or I think that they did the same with there's the tiny little palm phone that they may I think was that TCL mm-hmm. as well maybe it was is this going to be something like that is this going to be something more proper where they're like you know we believe in what LG was doing and we're going to continue we're, the rollables coming out and we're going to now still push out updates for the LG wing like the people that just bought LG wing are probably not feeling good right now cuz they're yeah. wondering am I ever going to see another update for this phone is it just done now? That yeah, sucks. Um, I feel for them. That's yeah. I mean, it's it, it's it's garbage. So I'm I'm really hopeful that you know they want to step in and um and and continue on, you know, and continue being creative and doing these things. And in the meantime, really, all we have are you know, there's plenty of these companies that um like FX Tech and. Uh, Planet Computers, and they make really weird devices, but they use crowdsourcing. They use Indiegogo, where yeah. they get some of the capital up front to make the devices, and then, then they can sell it that way. And, and But you don't get the quality. I mean, LG, like, y- y- did, was LG really experimental? Yes, but did the LG Wing come out, and all the reviewers were like, oh, the hinge is wobbly, and the screen's like bad. No. no, it's it's a, they make good phones. Mm-hmm. They make high-caliber well-made, well-constructed, highly experimental at the same time phones. Yeah, but but they're always, and they're always constructed so well. And like, you know, I mean, we could use the V30 right now. And although it wouldn't be, I could go back to that phone and be like, oh, this is still a really premium phone. Phone like it's still really nice. I don't even think, I don't even think there's a scratch on the screen. And it's like, not. and it's, I mean, there's some ti- there's some really minor ones that you can see in certain light, but with the screen on, I don't think they're visible at all. And this thing is this thing's old as shit. But like, it's mm-hmm. metal around the edge. The metal, you know, is super nice. The metal is totally solid. The D brand skin has held up really well. There's some little nicks in it, but I mean, it, it's held up mm-hmm. really well. 
yeah, you could you could fire this thing up right now, and it would probably be a serviceable phone for somebody. It's it's a good and phone. I just want to throw this out there. We gave our G5s to, uh, you know, your little brother and niece and your niece, and they're still working. Yeah, they use them and to they play. They still look okay. Yeah, they use them to play like games yeah. and shit on. And those yeah. phones are old as shit now, and they still yep. work fine. And the screen know. looks good. And I know that they've probably dropped them quite a bit. And you know what? They're still there. They're still, not cracked. Still rocking and rolling. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously hopeful to know that they're going to be bought out and that maybe the right thing will be done with them. So I guess we'll just have to see what happens so, from there. Yeah. R.I.P. I, I do want to say, you know, like I've said a couple of times already, full credit to Samsung because if there's any company out there that's be, that has been – you know, as in the same ballpark in terms of experimentation as LG, it's probably Samsung. Um, mm -hmm. They're they're like the only ones that are like, hey, we're on top. And also, we're going to make a folding phone and another folding phone and patent mm -hmm. all these other folding phones. Fold this way and that way. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Fold them all over the place. So like, yeah. Hamburger get... and hot dog style. Exactly. So <laughs> Samsung... Good on you for for continuing to be to be a little creative and, and out there, but like I look at the rest of the landscape, and it's like, I mean, Sony's phones are they're slabs with cameras on them. Motorola, they I mean they're 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 trying they just made a and they've got new phones out, but they just look the same. You know, the, the most innovative thing you see are is like a company making a phone that looks exactly like all the other phones, but it's cheaper than the other phones. Like that's, that's it. Yeah. Who else is doing anything innovative? I like OnePlus. their phones all are the same, just cheaper in some instances. Um, Xiaomi cheaper, like no, nobody's doing anything experimental. Like really it's pretty much like this is experimental as hell. Um, <laughs> and then what Sa Samsung's doing with their foldy shit is, is, still you know fresh and new but other than that i don't know it's a little boring and it's been boring for a little while so maybe somebody's gotta let's pique my interest here let's do something you know let's mm -hmm. do something different let's let's let's, let's make let's, phones fun again yeah if you've not seen for anybody if you've not watched on youtube there's a youtube channel called mr god almighty i said mr mobile mr mobile Mr. <laughs> Mr. Mobile, I talk for a living, and he uh, he's got a he's got a series called "When Phones Were Fun." I think is what it's called. Definitely worth a watch. He basically goes back and and kind of re-reviews or re-overviews like some of these older phones that are just batshit crazy. That you're like, who mm -hmm. thought that this was going to be good? And and you know what? A lot of the time he's like, this phone was not good it was weird and strange to use but you know what it wasn't boring you were interested you wanted to see it so that's what i'm that's what i'm advocating for i don't care find a way to make a phone that doesn't have to sell four million units to be worth making and do something fucking fun you know and maybe that takes being microsoft who has a quadrillion dollars in the bank to be like 
oh, Surface Duo is not selling well. And for them to be like, oh, we'll talk about it in like three years. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, it's fine. It doesn't, like Microsoft isn't looking at Duo and going, oh my God, we're going to go under. Like, it's not no. doing, it's not doing well. They don't give a fuck. This is a <laughs> long-term pursuit for them. They're thinking in five years, will we be the name in dual screen computing mobile dual screen computing and how much money will be we will have you know we're going to try to make our money back in the long run here mm-hmm. or or in licensing our software or whatever that you know maybe you have to be microsoft to be experimental in that way who knows maybe that's what bled lg dry was being a little too experimental <laughs> i don't know but um yep at the end of the day um i guess we're just have to wait and see what happens so I guess that's going to be the end of this episode number. What did I say it was? I say it was twenty nine. Twenty nine. We're sure it's not a hundred nine. I can't remember. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> so as usual, um, hit us up on Twitter at Scary If Literal. Mine's up there, and Jesse's yours uh, at Disagreeable over there. Jesse's not really on Twitter that much, but you can still follow her. You know, she might pop in occasionally, but I'm I'm Never. definitely on there. <laughs> You can also jump into our Discord server, which is listed down there at the bottom. Had plenty of good conversation going on there. I think we're now up to 48 members, which is far more than I expected to have. So that is also very cool. The link to that is in the description. I see people in there showing off their gaming computers, their custom-built computers the other day. I thought that was quite cool, so I threw my rig in there as well. So join in on the fun in terms of the discord as well uh be sure to give us a like a thumbs up a review wherever it is you may be uh you may be watching i do also i do also need to give a very special thanks and shout out which maybe should go in the beginning of the episode maybe i'll i'll do something to to do that um but we got two donations that i want to call out um Ronald, thank you for your donation all the way, all the way from Los Angeles, California. Thank you from our redneck hearts here in Knoxville, Tennessee. And from Corey in <laughs> from Corey, thank you so much for your for your donation as well. You're in uh you're in Maine. Thank you wow, as well. Wow, cool. Uh, Corey from Maine, I do appreciate that. Let me make sure that we don't have any more uh, members on the on the YouTube side. You can always support our our channel by hitting join down there at the bottom. And what that does is it's two dollars per month. I know break the bank, but it does go directly, mostly directly to us. No new members to speak of at the moment in the last few days so nothing to say there so again thanks for uh thanks for watching thanks for hitting like thanks for subscribing sharing donating at scaryifliteral.com all those lovely things uh so yeah this has been podcast revived thank you for joining me today jesse and until next time stay nerdy my friends